let us adore him. Jesus Christ, the Lord. Is that why we came here this morning? To adore him. He is worthy to be praised. The angels shout, glory, glory, in the presence of God. So let us magnify our awesome Lord. Amen. Amen. As we turn to the gospel according to Luke, uh, second chapter, I'm going to highlight verses 8 to verse 20. As we are turning there, I, I will want to just read from Micah, the fifth chapter, on the New Living Translation. Uh, but I'll be in Luke's second chapter. But as we're turning there, just give us a little background. It says in Micah, the fifth chapter, But you, O Bethlehem, Epaphrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah. Yet a ruler of Israel come from you, and whose origins are from the distant past. The people of Israel will be abandoned uh, to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land, and he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, and he will, he will be highly honored around the world. That is from the prophet Micah, uh, fifth chapter. And Luke, the gospel, second chapter, looking at the title, dealing, he is God. He is God. Can you help me announce that to your neighbor? Tell them, he is God. Help the neighbor to your left. Make sure they didn't miss out. He is God. Make sure you go back to your right. Tell them one more time. He is God. So if you walk home and you fell asleep after I got into the text, you already got the point of my message. He is God. I'm not going to try to be before you long this morning. I just want to highlight how he is God. As I look at this story, I don't get tired of looking at this story because he is God. As I look at this story, I get excited about how he came from humble beginnings and died in a humble ending. For he's shown up as exalted higher and above anything and everything else simply because he is God. Y'all can help me preach. I won't be here long. I'm telling you, I'm trying to hurry up and get down. And, and we see here that in the prophet, which I read before we got here, that they already told that he's going to come. And they were waiting for somebody to come in the name of the Lord. They were looking for this child to be born in Bethlehem. They were looking for a child to be born from the lineage of David. They were looking for the horn of salvation. They were looking for the mighty counselor. They were looking for the prince of peace. They were looking for the mighty God. They were looking for Emmanuel. Is this microphone on? They were looking. For someone that's going to have the government on his shoulders. They were looking for the true vine of Israel. They were looking for the child of God. And we find out in this text that the first to find out was the rejected. <laughs> the poor. 
the downtrodden. They were the first to experience the baby who was not born in a luxury place, but born in a leftover place. There wasn't room for them inside the house that they had to go to the outhouse. <laughs> they didn't have room in the guest room for them, so they had to make room where the other animals were. Some suggest that it was in a cave where the stable was connected to the house. Some suggest that it was a, a stable in front of the house where they stored their animals. But I want to point out that they were near people, but the people weren't near them. It's like they were close, but not that close. It's kind of an overarching scene that sometimes in our lives that we're close to God, but we're not close. The Bible says there was no room for him. Sometimes in our lives, we tell you that to God, we have no room for you. We wake up early in the morning, late for work. I ain't got time for prayer, but I got time to give me a cup of coffee. I, I, I got time to run by that fast food restaurant and get some food because they don't take that long. But I don't have time to say, thank you, Lord. You've been good to me. I, I don't have time to go to Bible study. But I got time to go to my favorite sporting event. I, I got time to watch my favorite TV show. Don't have time to open up my Bible. But I sure enough can't miss that good book I got on the shelf. Don't have time to memorize a Bible verse. But I sure enough got everybody's phone number memorized. Don't have time to find out where he was actually born, but I sure enough know where my favorite athlete or superstar was born, their real name and their birthday. But can't tell anybody that he is God. It's amazing that how we get caught up with our own lives, that we don't make room for the one who made room for us. The New Living Translation of Luke, the second chapter, if you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not there, say, hold on. i hold on. But I'm going to start reading. Catch up. Luke, the second chapter. Verse 8 says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But then angels reassure them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16. They hurried 
to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. Amen. Praise God for his word. He is God. We pick up in this text. We, we are very familiar with the nativity scene. We're familiar that Mary and Joseph were going to Bethlehem, known as the city of David. We know that the city of David, they call this the city of David because it's the birthplace of David. You need some history. Go to Samuel 16th chapter, verse 1. God tells Samuel, how long are you going to mourn over Saul? Get over it. He dead. He gone. I rejected him as king. But I have chosen a new king from the sons of Jesse. Where? In Bethlehem. We continue on in Samuel, the 16th chapter. David says, God, you've been good to me. I got rest on every side. There's no war. There's no, no fighting. I, I got a nice house. Lord, I want to build you a house. God said, that's nice. Uh, you have good intentions, but don't worry about me. I'm going to build you a house. And this house that I'm going to build for you, can nobody come against. The scepter will not leave your, lead your hand. You will rule forever. Your descendants will rule forever. Then David writes a beautiful song. Oh, God, how mindful you are of me. That you will give me such a great, great honor. So we see that they knew about Bethlehem, where David came from, the city of David, the, showing out of his birthplace. And they know this place to show that the prophecy of Micah says, out of Bethlehem will come a child born who will reign and rule. So we're familiar with the story, but also grasp how God was orchestrating this to make a beautiful, beautiful sound. He was working it all together for a child to be born in Bethlehem. So look what had to be done. It had to be a Caesar Augustus. It had to be the ruler to make sure that they had a census. To force Joseph and Mary from Nazareth in Galilee to go back to Bethlehem. That did not happen by circumstances. It wasn't by coincidence. It wasn't by accidents. It was by providence. See, sometimes in our lives we lose sight that we think we're in control of, of what's happening in our lives. And I realize that God orders the steps of the righteous. If God is in control, then he knows exactly how to get things done. And so we see here that Mary and Joseph makes their way there. And, and, and I want you to grab here too. It does not say as soon as he, he gets to Bethlehem, Mary has the baby. It says after the days are completed. Y'all see that? Then she gave birth. So he was there for some time there. I, I know we have that cute play that she's in labor pains as the, as the kids are bringing in the mother and they're trying to get in because she's about to have a baby. But that's not how it really happened. said, after the days were completed, she gave birth. And it says here that she did not have a housewife, a midwife, anybody else there, which is Mary and Joseph. It says she, it says specifically, right, she took the baby. So that means she cut, she cleaned, and wrapped the baby. Got kids, y'all trying to be clean, y'all. And she laid the baby in the manger. Babies being wrapped in swaddling clothes was nothing new. Because they would wrap the babies and keep the arms and limbs straight to make sure that they form properly. So that's why they wrapped the baby. But what was new was the baby in the manger. Why does that even matter? Well, what did the angels tell to the shepherds? This will be a sign unto you. 
not just a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, but that baby is also in a manger. So it made it clear to them that, that the baby that's the Lord, that's the Messiah, that is Christ, that is God, that was born, is not just any baby that's wrapped in swaddling clothes, but the baby only wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. Can I help you out for a moment? There might have been some other babies, but they weren't in a manger. But the Lord of our salvation did not have a bed to lay in. But was laid in a manger. Some disciples came after Jesus and said, Jesus, uh, can I come with you after I take care of this, do this? He says, the son of man has no place to lay his head. My goodness. Birds have nests, fox have holes. But the son of man, it's amazing that even before he was born, he had no place. And then he was alive. He still had no place. But he did not give up on us. He said, look, I'm knocking. At your door, seeking will you let me in. So we see how it's set up that Jesus was being pushed out on the outskirts. Wasn't in the family room, in the living room. He was on the outside room. But yet, look what happens, though. How significant this birth is that how small and maybe insignificant meant to other people who shows up. Angels show up. Y'all see that there? The angels showed up and scared the shepherds. The angels showed, tell them, don't be afraid. They said, we bring you good news or news that will bring you great joy. Don't you want to hear news that gives you great joy? Don't you want somebody to call you with good news, not with bad news? Because, you know, sometimes bad news is so bad you hang up. Because you don't want to hear anymore. But the good news, you say, tell me more. Oh, wait a minute. Hold up. Let me sit down so I can really hear what you got to say. You want to enjoy the good news. So they say, hey, I got some good news for you. News that's going to bring you joy. Look what it says. He says, today. Y'all see that there? Today a child is born. Today a savior is born. Tell your neighbor, today. Today, Today. salvation is here. Y'all catch that? Not not tomorrow, not the next day, but today, salvation is here. Because today, a Savior is born. Jesus, the Lord, saves. A play on the name of Yeshua means today, salvation is here. There's some people in this world that need to hear that news. That today... Salvation is here. I know you have your head bowed down. I know you feel rejected. I know you feel neglected. But yet the Lord has not neglected you. He has not rejected you. He has come to accept you. Today salvation is here. Look who they tell this to. They tell this to the shepherds. To us, we might have a more romantic view of shepherds, but during this time, the shepherds were not romanticized. They were neglected. They were suspected. They were not even looked upon, to be honest, but they were the low, poor people doing the labor. They didn't care about the shepherds. But who did this angel show to first? To the lowest. To tell them about the highest. <laughs> it's amazing how they, he came to these shepherds. Then the wise men came. Y'all catch that? The shepherd showed up first. And look, look what happened. 
They tell them that a Savior is born, the good news. And then they tell you that he is Christ the Lord. That's a, a, a very potent verse just right there. Has Savior, has Christ, has Lord. Who is Jesus? He is our Savior. Who is he? He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the Christ. Who is he? He is Lord. He is God. He is Adonai. He is the most high. I want you to grab here that look what happened. It stirred up upon them because when they heard the word Savior, that grabbed them. Because uh, Caesar calls himself Savior. They heard the word Messiah that really arrested them because they know what that means. They've been looking for the chosen one, the anointed one. And then they heard Lord in the Greek kurios. They heard that. But that's translated in the Greek for the Hebrews to mean Lord, Jehovah, or Yahweh. We don't use that name for God in English. We just simply say God. But when you read your Old Testament, you say, they'll say that the Lord is God. Translation means Jehovah is Elohim. Meaning that the Lord is God. And that's why they would say we worship the living God because there was a lot of Elohims. But there's only one Jehovah. And so in the Greek, when they had the Greek language, Jehovah became curious, which came what we translate just simply as Lord. And so when they heard that, they said, wait a minute. You mean to tell us today as an infant in swaddling clothes, in a manger, and he is the Lord? Hmm. And after they said that, the angels decided, oh, we so good, we so happy about what has happened. They just showed up. Just that suddenly they appeared. All of a sudden they appeared, a host of angels, new living, translation says, the army of heaven. You know, they call God the Lord of hosts. That means that he is over, he's, he's the first commander in chief. He has all armies at his disposal. And so his soldiers showed up <laughs> to sing praises, glory to God in the heights. We familiar with that Exodus and Dio, right? That's where they came this from. Glory to God in the highest and peace on them. They, the army got excited that we won't have to study war no more. Because there's going to be peace. Because of the Lord has showed up. And when the angels have returned to heaven, look what they said. They said, let us go. Let us go and see what has happened. I just want to point this out to you to grab this real quick. Did the angels tell them to go? Do you see that in there? The angels did not tell them to go. The angels simply suggested that there's a sign. And this sign to them got good to them. They said, look, there's a Lord that was born in a manger. And so they said, hey, let us go check this out. Look, look, God did not force them to say, hey, y'all need to go and see him. No, it's just they heard the good news. It brought them joy. They wanted to go see what was going on. And so it says that they walked there to go see the baby. That they were taking their time to go see about baby Jesus. That's not what the Bible says. It says they went in haste. One translation says they ran. Another says they hurried. What I'm trying to point out here that when they heard the good news about the Lord, 
they didn't wait. See, some of us hear the good news of the Lord and we just wait. We bide our time. We say it's not that important, but they said, no, we need to go see what's going on. And when they got this, they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they left praising him, telling everybody the good news and that the city heard about it. But look what happened, though. You need to grasp this just as the shepherds did, that as low as you are, as, as, as low people may look at you, it cannot stop God reaching you. It cannot stop God from using you to go tell somebody else the good news that the Lord has done. And look how it was a blessing unto Mary because Mary already knew the baby that she had. But then she heard another story, another account of how angels showed up to these shepherds. To tell them how she what treasured it in her heart. I want you to grab here what happened here. Because he is God, lives were changed. See, when we're going to gather around the family and maybe exchange gifts, have your Christmas meal sitting around the tree. You first need to point out that you are sitting here because he is God. And because he is God, before you exchange gifts with somebody, you first need to give gifts to him. Before you try to tell somebody else how much you love them, first tell God how much you love him. And, and, and you need to make haste in doing so. You should not take your time. But it should be a priority to make sure that you know that God is first in your life. You see, they left the shepherd's field to go see the good shepherd. They left their job and occupation to go lift up the Lord who should be exalted. You see, they were caught up in the busyness of life, but yet they had room to make room for the Lord. Y'all don't follow me here. Let me help you out. I only had a few people clap. Y'all didn't catch it. The story opens up. There's no room for him. The story ends with people working, but they made room for him. It wasn't out of convenience and luxury. It says, no, they hurried up to go see this baby wrapped. In swaddling clothes. Earlier in Luke, John's uh, uh, father talks about how the horn of salvation has come. We see here a baby. But yet, there's so much more. We have here shepherds who are, work, who are bowed down and in, in awe of an infant baby. Who one day is going to shake this world. They were in awe of a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes in a manger that also one day is going to be wrapped in clothes and laced in a borrowed tomb. They were in awe of a baby that's laid down here, can't move, wrapped up, that one day is going to be exalted and lifted up. They were the one of the first few to come able to bow down and confess that he is Lord. And one day all knees will bow and all tongues will confess that he is Lord. They were able to run and see the goodness of the Lord. And one day a trumpet will blast, that's angels again, to announce that he's coming. And we'll see in the twinkling of an eye on a cloud our Lord. I want you to see the overarching picture that we're not just celebrating a birth, a day, but we're celebrating the accumulation of our salvation. 
We are celebrating the Redeemer that set us free. We are celebrating that the Lord our God, who is great, he decided to come into this earth to live a poor man's life so that we can be rich. That's what Christmas is all about. And so he was not just a man, but he is God. He is not just a God. He is God. He's not just a man. He is the son of man. He was not just Mary's baby, but he is the only begotten of God. We need to realize that this baby we celebrate is more than just a baby. He is fully God and fully man who hung and bled and died for our sins. We see this baby born in humble beginnings, did not have much. We got more at our house in our one room. But Jesus came with nothing, but he died to set us free. So when you celebrate Christmas, you're not celebrating just a day. You're celebrating your salvation. You're celebrating the Alpha and the Omega. You're celebrating the horn of salvation, the bright and the morning star. I'm trying to leave you alone, but my soul is getting happy as I think of the goodness of the Lord and all he has done for me. My soul cries out and says, thank you, God, because I know I'm not worthy of all the blessings you give to me. I look at Jesus walk this world they beat him. They chastise him. They reject him. But you did all of that, God, to set somebody like me free. Did he set you free? I thank you, God, that you are Lord, that you are sovereign, that you are almighty, that you are powerful. You're able to do all things. And therefore, I worship him. For he is God. He is God alone. He is God all by himself. I don't care about what the judges say, the presidents say, or senators say, because my God's word is everlasting. The world will pass away, but he will forever reign. Why will he forever reign? I'm telling you because he is God. God all by himself. He is Lord. He will be exalted. He will be exalted because he is exalted. Seated at the right hand of the Father. And since he's so high, that's why I got to get low. And I worship him. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. You are greatest. You are magnificent, and you bring peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. I just want to say this one thing. You see this peace aspect. There's, there's peace. There's peace in the time right now. There's peace in the time, but it's temporary. But there's peace, though. But it's temporary. There's peace, though, but it's temporary. And they said, peace to him, peace to men. There's peace now, but it's temporary. God showed up to David. David wanted to build God a house. God said, don't worry about building me a house. I'm going to build you a house. 
But before he got to the house part, there was peace on every side. But it was temporary. But there was peace. But it was temporary. But since he is God, he's the prince of peace. And that's why, that's why, when I see Jesus, all my troubles will see. When I see Jesus, woo, there'll be no more pain, no more suffering. There'll be peace and everlasting peace. And before I even make it to see him, I can have peace right now because he can live in me. So since he is God, you too can have peace. What can you have peace from? You can have peace that no matter how your body is filling you, he's preparing a new one. No, 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 no matter how much this world is falling apart, he's preparing a new one. No matter how much your eyes are becoming dimmer, he's making new ones. No matter how much you cry, he's going to wipe them away. And that's all because he is God. And if he's Lord of your life, you know how to know this. And this is how you can experience this. Hastily come to him. Bow down before him. And surrender to him. And forget not his benefits. And tell everybody you know how great he is. And you too will have joy. And have peace. Because of who is in you. Because who is in you. That's the best gift ever on Christmas. It's the gift of salvation. And today, salvation is here because he is God. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we come. Lord, we come. Thank you, Lord, that you reign, that you are magnificent, that you are awesome. And, Lord, as we look over our lives, Lord, we see, God, how good you've been to us. In spite of ourselves, God, you've been good to us. you sustained us. You've kept us, oh, God. Lord, we've, you've kept babies in here, God, and we have those who are 90, almighty God. Lord, we look over our lives and realize, God, that every year you've been blessing us. Lord, we look back over these years, we see every month has been by your grace. Lord, as we look over the months, we look at the weeks and we say, Lord, if it was not for your mercy. And as we look at the weeks, Lord, we sometimes we go back to the days and we say, thank you, God, your grace is sufficient. And then we look at the days, we count every hour and say, Lord, you kept every step so we did not stumble and fall. And then we look back over the hours, we get to the minutes, and God, we see every minute you kept us sane. As we look back in minutes, we count back the seconds, and God, every second you kept our heart beating. Every second you kept air in our lungs. Every second you kept us moving in the capacity to work, Almighty God. But Lord, you kept us.
even when we didn't have our mind on you. But Lord, you speak clearly to us, your children, to how you will clearly give us a sign of who Jesus is and how we boldly came and how we can boldly come now to him. And so, Lord, I pray that if there's someone here who does not know him, they will come. They will come with an open heart to accept him in their life as their Lord and as their Savior, for he is Lord. And, Lord, we pray for all of us, God, that know him as our Lord and Savior, that we forget not how great he is. And every day we worship him and magnify him with the fruit of our lips and the work of our hands. Father, have your way in this place is our prayer. Amen. Maybe stand or stand in the hand of discipleship.